0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hope Relentless Marriage Podcast, where we talk about all things marriage. We're honored to spend some time with you and well done on investing in your relationship. It matters. Our goal is to encourage and equip you in your incredible adventure of marriage, whether you're in a low place or a high place. This is for us, those courageous enough to believe we can actually change the world, one marriage at a time, starting with our own. Please connect with us on our website, hoperelentless.com. And remember, there's always, always hope. Hello, Hope Relentless Marriage. It's so good to be here with you guys on this podcast. And we're excited to talk about some things that are going to impact your marriage. Remember, marriage impacts families. Families impact communities and communities impact the world. So my Chad David, Chad David actually has a birthday coming up tomorrow, you guys. And so I'm excited to celebrate him. He's going to be 25. (laughs) Actually not. Chad, I don't think men really care about how old they are like women do, huh? I
1: I know I don't. I can't speak for all men, but I don't.
0: (laughs) So he's going to be 39, actually, which is still a young buck. I'm two and a half years older than him. For those of you who don't know. uh. (laughs) He reminds me of it consistently. But anyway, what are we going to talk about today, Chad?
1: Well, today we're going to talk about this idea of reaching out for marriage help. You know, there's different ways and seasons of life. But the first thing is just we want to celebrate that um, reaching out for marriage help is a sign of strength and not a weakness. And so we really want reaching out for help around relationship or marriage counseling to be something that is celebrated, something that is promoted, something that is encouraged.
0: Right, right. And so typically, most people reach out for help when they're in a crisis. And a lot of times the calls that we get, people are about to divorce and they say, this is our last chance. This is our last opportunity to see if we can salvage this. And the reality is that's amazing that they're reaching out. But the reality is it might be too late at that point because at that point, hearts are hardened and they've already gone through a lot together that has been not very productive. And so we want to encourage people to reach out still, but there is a better way and there is a better season when we can reach out for help.
1: Yeah, I think one of the other seasons is premarital, right? Like right from the get go. If we can Mm -hmm. get counsel and wisdom and support early in our relationship, then there are some of those crisis moments that we'll avoid completely. Now, every relationship has challenges. Every relationship has obstacles. So it's not like, oh, go to premarital counseling and never have a problem. But Mm -hmm. I think premarital counseling can position our relationships with an incredible foundation and protect us from going into some of those spaces that have we simply known better, we, we might've been able to avoid.
0: Right. And so not to jump back and forth, but one of the things that I'm reminded of is John Gottman. He's a marriage researcher and he had a stat and I might be butchering it. So don't quote me, but this is the, this is the idea. This is the heart behind it, that on average couples wait five to six years before reaching out for help even though they 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 have the situation they have the problem so they're dealing with it and they're waiting 5 to 6 years before they actually reach out for help the only difference is the amount of time might be different it might be 7 but the point is many of us wait way too long to re- to reach out for help and all of us continue to do that because of the mentality the mindset we have so I hope relentless. We want to help you reframe what it looks like to reach out for help. It's not just in crisis. Like Chad said, premarital is huge. I love working with premarital couples. I get a little giddy, to be honest, because I tell them, honestly, my goal is not to keep you together when you're, when you're in premarital. It's to help you become aware of the person that you, you hope to marry one day and decide if it's actually going to, to be a good fit, decide if it's actually someone that you feel like you could build a life together with. So premarital is crucial. It's a time of, of fun, but oftentimes there's a lot of rose colored glasses when yeah. it comes to premarital counseling.
1: Well, I just think about you know, that stat you share with Gottman of how long we take to reach out. And mm-hmm. it's kind of heartbreaking. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I know in different seasons of our relationship, we have struggled with kind of the same, I think Gottman calls them perpetual problems. Mm-hmm. And the reality is there's other areas of our life where we understand this concept of reaching out better. I think about yeah. our physical health, right? If somebody mm-hmm. breaks an arm, breaks a leg or experiences, you know, some type of physical injury, that would be a crisis. They right. go and get help. And I think that's where in relationship counseling, sometimes we mimic that. We -hmm. experience a crisis and so we look for help. But also when I think about, you know, medical, like we have young sons who've never experienced, thankfully, any major injury, but they still Mm -hmm. go for annual physicals, even athletes go for physicals and see doctors and personal trainers. It's not because they're injured, it's, in prevention, it's to take care of their body, and so I think there's so much to be learned from that, and transfer it over into our relationships. Yeah, let's not deal with something for five, six, seven years, and I just think about the patterns and the habits and the additional hurts that we'll pick up along that journey. Where if we'll get help, um, there'll be a preventative element, and then there'll also just be we won't find ourselves in those hurtful cycles for nearly as long.
0: Right. Right. And so that kind of brings me into this other category of getting help with our marriages or getting wisdom for our marriages and that's what what we kind of call married and happy.
1: Right. And
0: this is something that we are reframing to 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 mean getting Getting that investment or having that investment, that continual investment in your relationship, even when it's going good, especially when it's going good, because marriage is a lifelong journey it's longer than a marathon right it is a lifelong journey and it takes it takes a lot of investment and we can see this in in all realms of of life like you said chad you know with exercise um you know you're going to continue to exercise if you want to continue to be healthy it just makes sense when you stop exercising you're going to lose some muscle and likewise with marriage it's similar and i think society paints a picture. I think our, our own ideals about marriage paints a picture that says it's not going to take intentionality or work, if you will. It's almost like work is a negative word when it comes to marriage. But just in reality, anything that is good, that is worth having, that is worth growing takes work.
1: Yeah, I think there's a an, an element maybe culturally, and I don't know if it's, you know, Disney happily ever after kind of paints the wedding day as just, Bliss forever, and you know if you've been in a relationship, you know longer than a couple of weeks, you understand that bliss forever is unrealistic. But I think right. one of those myths could be that if we're meant to be together, it should be it's easy. It. It's mm-hmm. just not. It's you know a relationship takes intentionality mm-hmm. and takes a proact requires proactiveness. Like we see in couples that are thriving over extended seasons it doesn't mean they didn't hit obstacles but there is a trend of investment into their marriage and if you want to call that work whether that's listening to podcasts like this one or other marriage podcasts or reading a book or going to a marriage counselor or a marriage retreat or a marriage webinar but something where we are proactively investing into our relationship it's It's so powerful. And that's, um, you know, I know those are some of the couples when they proactively reach out are just so fun to work with because it's it's about growth and not just the repair, right? There's opportunities to share vision and to move towards that collectively.
0: Exactly. And the reality is that we all need accountability. We all are so busy that it's just helpful to have accountability in our day-to-day life. And so that's what the Married and Happy group gets. And like you said, Chad, they're able to achieve more together than they could imagine because they're staying focused, they're staying accountable. And the reality also is we, most of us haven't seen good examples of marriage. And wow. so then we jump into this marriage thing. We're two completely different people, yet we have no idea of where to even start. And so you think of driver's ed, you know, we we are, it's mandatory to go through driver's ed because it's important. Lives can, can be at risk if you don't know how to drive correctly. I would like to argue marriage is even more important because marriage impacts families, families impact communities, communities impact the world. And so I, this leads me into just kind of sharing a personal example or a personal story about where this really came to life I, I would say I would say for me I'll speak for myself and then Chad you can kind of tune in, okay. but I remember when I was working on my master's degree one of the things that we that was mandatory was to get individual therapy, and so I had a counselor and it was great and. I decided, you know, this is going so well. I want to, I kind of want to have a date, if you will, and bring in Chad and it'll be fun. We'll have couples counseling. It'll be fun. And so I brought in, <laughs> I brought in Chad and there was this moment where, you know, I had already had rapport with my counselor. And so there was this moment where he was talking about, you know, saying, sorry. And he said, Sarah Gail, when someone hurts your feelings, you feel like that, or you want Chad, if like, when he hurts your feelings to say he's sorry. And I'm like, yes, of course. But not only do you want him to say he's sorry, you want him to almost be like, I will never do it again. I hurt you in this way, this way, this way. Please, please forgive me. You, you would even love Sarah if he would kind of like get bow down and just show his remorse and his pain of hurting you. And I was like, my man, my counselor knows what he's talking about. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. And then my counselor betrayed me and he said, no, that is not what is healthy. You are wanting Chad to say sorry for everyone in your life that has hurt you. You're wanting him to pay the price for all of that hurt and pain. And so we got to work through that. And I was like, "Okay." I remember
1: showing up to this uh, couple's counseling. We I I don't know. uh, we were in Pasadena. So maybe we had. Our, our firstborn son, probably somewhere, you know, two, three years into marriage or so.
0: Yeah. And
1: I remember showing up because if you did couples counseling, your master's program gave you extra hours.
0: So There's I was deep. like, "Oh,
1: There's- okay. we'll get extra hours." I was just approaching it from like a strategic, like, <laughs> "Let's get through this faster." And if I can pay for one hour of counseling, and the program will give us credit for like three hours, like. Let's do this, right? So I was in it for that. Then the counselor starts setting it up, and I'm like, I'm never coming back. Like, this guy, (laughs) this is no good. And then he flipped the script, and I was like, yeah, this is – I like this guy. But I think outside of that, the bigger picture was he was trying to create an environment, a safe space where we could dialogue and learn. And become aware of some of the potential hurdles that were in our relationship. We didn't show up there like, you know, with boxing gloves on, trying to, in, in a really difficult season. It was literally like,
0: like fun. fun. Hey, is... Let's hang out.
1: Yeah. But then we were able to learn and potentially avoid some of those moments or just you know, one of the things that I like about counseling, even in a in a good season, is it creates a safe space to potentially talk about challenging topics. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so a, a different thing that I remember was premarital. You know, so it looks like there's a couple things that we've done right, and maybe we stumbled into them in our relationship journey. But now at you know 17, almost 18 years of marriage, we're reaping the fruit of that. Mm-hmm. I remember we went to premarital counseling at our church and uh, the first time I think I was like 19 because we got married when I was barely 20. You were 21 mm-hmm. and the pastor was just like, man, it seems like you guys are awesome people. It seems like you guys love each other. This is going to be great.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we both walked out of there concerned. We were like, "Ah." I feel like we need more than just a pat on the back. And I remember yeah. we were to a different pastor and he really gave us some practical tools, you know, some of those being on what it is, the, the different challenges that an interracial couple might face that is unique mm-hmm. to them.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I
1: remember that helped prepare us. I remember, you know, the master's pro- program. And so these are some of those proactive areas that I look back now and maybe it wasn't as strategic as I would have liked it to have been, but those those moments of going and getting counsel and getting wisdom outside of a crisis serve us right. really, really
0: well. Right. And even to this day, we have marriage mentors that we meet with every other week for a time and then monthly now who just kind of sew in, into our marriage and and we're so... Forever grateful for them, and there's just been people along the way that have um, sown into our marriage, but we have pursued that as well, right? Like we have tried to reach out and ask for this mentorship and ask for this uh, this help, whether it's individually with you know grief recovery that I have gone through, Chad celebrate recovery, different things where we're trying to be who we can be to add to the marriage, and so doing the work, getting the coaching whatever it takes but seeing it more with a mentality of not oh like i'm so broken and so now i have to go to this person to fix me but no it's a place of strength where it's like i have big dreams i want to live you know god's best for marriage i want to experience god's best for marriage so i'm going to do what it takes to experience that
1: yeah and so i think you know as we wrap up this podcast you know just kind of a uh a specific action step is to encourage people find different ways to proactively invest in your relationship. That mm-hmm. could be working with a marriage counselor that could be um, reading a book on marriage that could be having an older couple that maybe they're not you know trained but they're they've got a thriving marriage and they're further mm-hmm. down the road of life and can speak into your relationship can speak into your marriage but there's so much fruit to be experienced on the other side of taking intentional action steps to invest in your marriage. Your marriage is worth it. Your relationships are worth investing into. And if Hope Relentless and our team of counselors can be a part of that, we would consider that an honor and a privilege. Mm -hmm. But find somebody who works with you, who's a good fit? If you go to a, um, a counselor and it's not a great fit, don't just good. stop there. Try yeah. again. Try yeah. again. You know, I, I've been to restaurants, walk in, get food. The food sucks. It doesn't mean I've never gone to another restaurant, right? It's understanding that when we get counsel and encouragement and support, it's going to help our life thrive and continue to move forward.
0: Right. Last thing I'll say is we don't know what we don't know. And so, the thing I didn't tell you guys is I went to my counselor, and you know, when we, when I, when Chad came in with me and we did the couples counseling that was supposed to be fun, a big part of our life at that time was I was having a hard time saying, I'm sorry. And basically, through this, you know, time with the counselor and with Chad, I learned, wow, wow, this is why I don't say, I'm sorry. There's more to the story than this. And so, from that point, I realized my son was not saying, I'm sorry. That's and right. it, was, it, was all, it was all connected. And so after I realized through that couples counseling, what I was expecting Chad to do when he hurt me. And so this is why it was so hard for me to say sorry, because I felt like it was, if I had to say sorry, I, I messed up as a person. Like it mm. impacted my value. And so now I realize why it was so difficult. And then this is what I was perpetuating in the next genera- generation. So this wow. is the power of getting just that different lens. You don't know what you don't know. And, and so we want to encourage you, like Chad said, reach out for help. You're worth it. And it's going wow. to be worth it. And I want to tell you the fact you're listening to this, well done. I want to encourage you in that to continue to listening to our podcast, other podcasts, And just remember, there's always, always hope.